0: Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith.
1: Love with your head, with knowledge. Let the Word of God guide your behavior in the way you express your emotions, in the way you express your affection, and the way you express love. And parents, you just wouldn't give your children anything they wanted I love him. I love her. Now, the children might like that, but uh, you you wouldn't do that if you really love them. Otherwise, you spoil them.
0: Loving others responsibly might seem counterintuitive to the calling of unconditional love. It's often assumed that love comes only from the heart and leaves no room for thinking. In today's message, however, Pastor Ed will teach us that this isn't necessarily the case. Using several examples, Pastor Ed demonstrates the difference between reckless love and knowledgeable love. Just because we might love a child or person unconditionally doesn't always mean we do whatever they want. Today we learn the importance of discernment as Pastor Ed teaches us from the book of Philippians. Now here's Pastor Ed in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 12 with today's study.
1: Love more and more and more and more. In 1 Thessalonians 3.12 written prior to Philippians years before and may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all just as we do for you. May God cause you to increase in your love for him love for one another. Can we pray that prayer this week for our church for each other for ourselves? Don't stop there though Paul didn't Paul says in verse 9, listen to his words very carefully, more and more, in knowledge and depth of insight. In knowledge and depth of insight. They're like the bank on the right hand and the left hand keeping the river within its confines. The river's a beautiful thing, but when it overflows the banks... It can destroy and be destructive to a community, be destructive to everything that surrounds it. And so Paul the Apostle says, may your love abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. I love the way the message puts this. Verses 9 to 11. So this is my prayer, that your love will flourish, that you will not only love much, but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental gush. Live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary, a life Jesus will be proud of. Bountiful in fruit from the soul, making Jesus Christ attractive to all. Getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. He's talking about knowledge. When love overflows its banks, oftentimes we have to do repair work. That's why Paul says that you ought to pray for love in knowledge. And every time that word is used in the New Testament, that Greek word, it's referring to spiritual knowledge. It's referring to knowledge of God and knowledge experientially of God. What Paul is praying is that as a Christian, I will really love with my head not only my heart. When you disengage your head and you're just going with your heart, you're overflowing the bank. It happens all the time. Pastor, I really love her. Pastor, I really love him. But the Bible says don't covet your neighbor's wife. What do you do when those feelings inside of affection are there? You have to recognize, wait a minute, there's a proper way to express my feelings of love and emotion. The guy runs over to that beautiful young lady in the church. She's single and feels that he needs to give her a warm welcome. He's also looking for someone... I've been praying for you, brother. God put you on my heart. I'm really a way of getting a date. But anyway, I see it happen all the time. Love with your head, with knowledge. Let the word of God guide your behavior in the way you express your emotions in the way you express your affection in the way you express love. Parents, you just wouldn't give your children anything they wanted. Well, I love him. I love her. Now the children might like that, but uh, you—you would—you wouldn't do that if you really loved them. Otherwise, you spoil them. Parents know. Now you know what I'm saying. When you had that child, holding her and they're so cute, so precious, you know. But they have to grow in love for that child because when she becomes a teenager and she wants to do this and some discipline might have to happen. And, and that's just life. If you grow in love, you have a knowledge set, a, a love that's knowledgeable, guided by the word of God, guided by the scriptures. Pastor, we should be a church, a loving church. Well, the Bible says... That discipline belongs in the house of the Lord too. Being loving doesn't mean you don't discipline people. God created man and woman in his own image. But he also put them out of the garden. He didn't stop loving them. The plan of redemption came to pass. So it has to be a love according to knowledge we have to have the word of God guide us and lead us Uh, listen to Romans chapter 16 verse 17 I urge you brothers to watch out for those who cause division and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teachings you have learned keep away from them there's things that we have to do that sometimes don't seem loving In, in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 it says speak the truth in love There are times to say something to people, but be very careful how you say it. You could do more damage in the way you say it than in what they did. Speak the truth, the Bible says, in love. We need to say, Lord, give me a knowing, according to your word, how to demonstrate love in a proper way. Way in a biblical way he goes on to say also in insight in knowledge and depth of insight that insight is referring to the Holy Spirit it's the Holy Spirit that helped you to know how to love people you're caught in a bind you have $50 left over for the month I know that happens occasionally you have $50 left over for the month and you're thinking about boy what will I do with this Will I go out and treat myself? You know, they're talking about a need in the church. A missionary has a need. My friend is short this month. They don't have enough money to put gas in their car. The ability to let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you in those decisions. That's what Paul is praying. I pray that you might know how To demonstrate love. That you might have insight into situations. Sometimes God, you may know of a problem, but God says don't say anything. Sometimes God prods you on to say things. But that's what he's talking about when he says with insight. When you really love, you're really concerned about doing it God's way if you love God you're going to keep his commandments you're not just going to feel fuzzy feelings in church not just going to raise your hands and worship not just going to be excited when we're worshiping the Lord it's going to come out in the way you live all through the week one of the most difficult interpersonal decisions I ever had to make involved a very close friend of mine we were close for years we were involved in each other's lives and families. He had a marvelous salvation experience, had come to Christ powerfully. He had a very strong personality. And I remember when I was pastoring in Delaware, and uh, I had been serving as a presbyter at that time, and he asked me to write a letter for him in a court case where he was trying to get custody of his son. He was going through a divorce. And he wanted me to use my influence in the court system to help him win custody of his little boy. And I remember praying and thinking, I can't do it. I know that the problems in this marriage are primarily his. And I know that his wife would be a far better single parent than he could possibly be because of even his physical condition. And so when I told him I loved him and I cared about him but I just couldn't do it because I felt he was doing the wrong thing. He severed the relationship. My heart literally broke. Not long after that he died And I remember his family was still angry with me and didn't even want me near the funeral. I know one day he'll welcome me into heaven because he's on the other side. He's there with the Lord. And you see differently when you get there, you know. Uh, We're perfect when we get there. We'll see him, we'll be like him. But I know I did the right thing. And I tried to do it in the right way. Love of God. Demand it. That I do it the right way? In the Ten Commandments, the first four deal with our love for God. The last six deal with our love for one another. We have to love God first, then we could love people. I still remember a well-needed rebuke that I once received. A godly man who I was prayer partners with came and he said to me, Pastor Jones... God, placed this on my heart, and it's hard for me to tell you. But he said, I believe sometimes you love people more than you love God. And when he said that, the Spirit quickened that to my heart. And as I prayed about that, and I thought, you know, that's idolatry. To put people before God is sin. And I've tried, through the years, to put God first... And people second. But I still need to abound more and more in love. I know what Paul was talking about when he says, praying for wisdom and insight. Because there are times we just don't know. And that's why he says, when you go on in knowledge and insight and you're abounding in love, something's going to happen. And that's, it's building up the prayer. It's, it's a crescendo. It's going up. He says in verse 10, so that, in order that, You may be able to discern what is best and be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. There are times we have to make choices. The good, the better, and the best. Those in the ministry know what I'm talking about. Those who are in Christian leadership know what I'm talking about. Because in the work of the Lord, the work is never done. There's always something that you could do. Should I make this hospital visit or should I... Spend time with this person who needs counseling. Should I spend time with my child who wants to spend some time with me now? Or should I be doing something else here in the work? And and you have all good choices. Many times our battle is not between good and bad. It's between good and better and best. Best. I remember a nightmare. Well, what do pastors have nightmares about? Well, I I remember I was on Route 84 and I was driving down to Westchester and I was supposed to be going to a hospital to visit somebody who was critically sick. And I was in this dream and I was driving down there and at the same time I was supposed to be at a funeral. And I'm on 84. And I can't decide what to do. I'm going to the hospital, but I think I should be at the funeral. And I woke up in a sweat, in anxiety. And there are sometimes it's like that. We're we're not quite sure. Should I do this or that? Door number one, door number two, number three. They're all good. Cho- Paul says, "I pray that you will mature in love." And knowledge and insight are bounding in love. So that you may be able to choose what is best. Our life is a product of choices. The character. The person we're becoming. The destiny that we have. Is all a product of the choices that we have been making. Your destiny is not a matter of chance. It truly is a matter of Of choice. So Paul is leading us on in this prayer. He's talking about abounding in love. He's talking about a directed or guided love. A love directed by knowledge and insight. He's talking about a love that has the ability to distinguish the very best thing. One of my very close friends just finished his doctorate. And uh, he called me up to let me know, and uh, asked me how I was doing on mine, and uh, we lost connection at that point. (laughs) But he did his doctoral dissertation on pastoral intuitiveness, how to intuitively lead people. Some people are so in love with God, and so love people, that they could read a situation like that, it's like they know what you're thinking. They sense, oh, they're offended. They sense, oh, there's a need here. There's a burden. When we love God and we are loving people, God helps us in that area. Paul goes on to say, not only for effective praying, but prayer for practical love. It should be expressed in the way I live, in my interactions. It. Well, listen to his words. So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Notice how he says, pure. In the King James, I believe it's sincerity. It comes from two Latin words. talks about without wax. Centuries ago, when they would make expensive vases, an expensive uh, earthware, sometimes there would be a fine crack. And what they would do was they would fill that crack with wax and maybe they would cover it over with some porcelain or some paint so no one could see it. The only way you could detect it is if you take it outside and hold it up to the sun and turn it around. And then you could see those cracks What God is looking for in our lives is that we have a pure love, that we're not covering up, that we don't have mixed motives. Brother John, you look absolutely great today. I like that jacket. I like those pair of pants and those shoes and that open Bible. You, Could I borrow $20 off of you, brother? (laughs) You know, we butter up people so that we can... Take advantage. That's not being pure in our love. That's having mixed motives. That's not really caring. And what Paul is talking about is that when we love, it's out of a pure heart. It's not because I'm going to get something. It's because I just want to give something. I I give without strings attached. I I want to do something just because God said do it. He says pure. Then he says blameless. The idea is that not to stumble. That's so hard. But we don't want to cause anybody to stumble. We want to have a pure, clean motives in what we do. Transparent, honest and true, and no secret agendas, but simply transparent. That's what Paul is praying. Imagine a church like that. Who wouldn't want to be a part of a church like that? God help us. Lord, do it here. Do it here. Let it happen in my life. Let it happen in your life. Let's grow in love. Fruit of righteousness. You know where that goes. Right to Galatians. The fruit of the Spirit. Let me just read to you from the book of Galatians. Paul the Apostle is really describing a Christ like character when he speaks about the fruit of the Spirit. Listen to what he says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there are no loss. He's saying, I'm praying that you will be filled with righteousness, overflowing with righteousness, that your life will be fruitful. There's a story that I've shared. Not all of you have heard it, but I've shared it a couple of times that God used in my life to sort of correct me. I was having one of those days. I was pastoring in Chestnut Ridge. I was about 30 years old or so and just having a miserable day and complaining to God. I was complaining about everything. Have you ever been there? Well, a couple of you have. But anyway, I was complaining about everything. So I'm driving and I'm going on the Bell Parkway as I'm driving in on the Bell Parkway My car gets a flat tire. Now this is really aggravating. So I I pull aside on the Bell Parkway. I open the trunk and something happened to the jack. It wasn't working. It was the day before cell phones back then. And uh, I had to walk all the way down to a phone booth. I didn't know who to call. I said, let me call my home church pastor. And I called the pastor Greco... And I thought he could send somebody out to help me out, you know. I, uh, he came himself. Now, he had crippling arthritis, in pain, he came out, brought his jack, and started jacking up my car. I said, no, 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 Pastor. <laughs> but God corrected me at that moment and says, look, you have so much to be grateful for. And it just broke my heart. It just did something inside of me. There's another man that I also consider a model. He's my father-in-law, Pastor James Morris. I try and call him and talk to him on the phone. And um, he's gone on 84 years old. I don't know how much longer God will grant him in this world. But for me, he's one of the people that I model my life after. I watched him all through this Christian journey and um, he says I, I got to make a hospital visit nobody or I got to go to the nursing home no one visits them I'm the only one that stops in he's 84 years old he'll, he'll say this missionary has such a, a need and he's on a fixed income and he takes and he gives and he gives and he gives without any strings attached There's a love for God. Every single day. He prays for me. Now. As he's gotten older. His memory is not as good as it used to be. But he never forgets to pray. Never forgets. To lift up his family. And when I'm around him. I just feel that love that he has for his children and grandchildren. And for the Lord. What does Our presence mean to others. Some are a walking storm. Some are a walking fight. I mean they're ready to battle. And you see them. (laughs) But some walk in the love of God. And they're like a magnet. And they pull you to them. Paul says, I pray you will abound more and more and more in love.
0: Commonly called the Book of Joy, Philippians is a powerful book to Christians. This book exhorts us to have joy in the midst of trying times, to be united as Christians by our head, Jesus Christ, and to be people with testimonies in our communities that are known to be honorable. Each day here on Voice of Faith, Pastor Ed will be teaching verse by verse through the book of Philippians. This 19-part series will certainly encourage you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Perhaps today's message sparked a thought in your mind, an area in your walk with Jesus where you need to grow. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and select today's date from the Voice of Faith media player. Again, that's voiceoffaithradio.com. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join us as Pastor Ed continues teaching through the book of Philippians right here on Voice of Faith.